On most days when I sit down before this microphone to produce this radio program, I generally have stacks of paper and news stories to share. But today's a little bit different. Today I really feel the need to share with you from my heart and from God's holy word. We are truly living in a very precarious time. And what I need to share with you today is far more important than just the news. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Very quickly, the other night when I went to, to bed, I was thinking about the beginnings of this radio program, how it started back in 2020. And I was going back to literally two years ago. Where were things happening in February, the early part of February of 2020? Now, in 2019, my wife and I had been at our little place up in Georgia. We had gotten back to Florida uh, to enjoy Christmas with the family. Had a lot of things we were looking forward to doing in the in the months we were going to be in Florida. A lot of it had to do with my church ministry work. We had a conference plan for several of us to get together in, in St. Augustine, Florida. Had people coming in from Massachusetts, Virginia, and other locations to get together to you know plan some strategies. We've been thinking about this for months. And I was down in Florida now. My wife and I had returned, and I'm looking at getting some things ready for that conference, including some golf shirts with the church logo on it. I've still got the box full of those things. We never had a chance to use them. You see, we got into February, and we're already hearing about the pandemic. And we had also planned our time in St. Augustine, which uh, what, what went wrong on that is the weather. All of a sudden, people that were supposed to come in from up north and even Virginia were unable to attend. So we decided to postpone it for several weeks, maybe a month or two, till the weather settled down and we could find a, another venue. So we just kind of planned for that. But also during that time, I had received a phone call from a friend of mine who I had worked with for a number of years in emergency management. And he said, are you following the news at all about this this virus in China? I said, yeah, we've been seeing it. Well, he said, I need to talk to you about that because I'm getting a lot of chatter. Now, remember, this is a guy that is in emergency management Uh, has been doing it for many, many years. He has many good connections. And he said, Bob, I'm looking at some data, if it is true. This is going to be something really big. How big, I don't know. But if it's what they think it could be, we don't know yet, but if it's what we think it could be, he said, I need my team together. And there were a few of us that had worked together, oh, back in 2010, planning one of the largest homeland security drills ever conceived by the mind of man. And I had no agenda. I'm just doing what I think is the right thing in protecting people. That's who I am. I had no political agenda. And when he asked me to consider this, I said, well, if it is something big, let me know. I'd be be very happy to help you out. I assumed it would, you know, blow over 
in a matter of weeks, or if it was something, it would only be for several more weeks. Who knew? Well, now our church conference has been canceled, and I get the other phone call. Bob, this thing is going to be big. I need you to do some paperwork and get ready to to travel to this city that he's in. And so I did, not knowing how any of this is going to all pan out. I just got ready to go. And then when it came down to it, I got that one phone call and I started hearing some information that was really rather terrifying. Most people didn't, hadn't known about this yet. He said, I'm going to send you a still somewhat classified document. I want you to look at it. And this is what we may be facing in the United States. He said, this virus is beginning to spread. It's in Italy. It, it's been picked up on cruise ships. It's coming into other parts, and it's been, it's been detected in the United States. And experts from the Imperial College of London, you've heard me talk about them before. They're saying, Bob, here in the United States, we could have three million people dead before the summer. I said, what? Bobby goes, we could have three million people dead by sometime in the summer, like, you know, July, maybe the end of June. It's going to be a lot. And he said, in this county alone, we'll have 3,000 people dead. We've got to be prepared. I need my team. And so with the church conference obviously canceled for a while, not knowing what the story was going to be, I packed up the car left Florida to go to our Georgia home. It was en route to where I was going because I needed to pick up an extra computer and other material that I would need, some cameras that I had left behind that I was not going to need in Florida for some video because I do I do edit videos. And so off that I went. I, I went off to this other state and I was not knowing how long it was going to be. I remember asking, I said, to my buddy, I said, how long is this going to take? He said, we don't know. This could be months. I'm thinking, wow, I just left my wife behind with other family in Florida. I hope that she'll be okay. And so as February was coming to an end, I'm now in this other state, living in a hotel, many hotel rooms, but only a few of them occupied with people working for that county. Remember, suddenly in a matter of days, this is before the 15 days to flatten the curve. Many restaurants in panic were going to take out only. Many dining rooms were already closed, even though there were no orders. A lot of hotel chains had all these barriers up and you had to be like 10 feet away from the desk. They literally threw the key at you. And this was the world in which we were living at that time as we were ending the month of February. I learned a lot over the next several months. It turned out that that estimate of 3,000 dead was bogus. The estimate of 3 million dying in the United States was nonsense. Didn't happen by that summer. And I started detecting something that really 
troubled me in March of 2020. I'm already, I'm only there. We're doing the 15 days to flatten the curve. That didn't bother me too much at that point because we had already heard, and don't worry, you know, you're going to be getting money in your bank account to help offset the fact you're not working for two weeks. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to make it right. So nobody was in a panic mode at that point. And everybody assumed that in 15 days, we're going to gradually bring it back to normal. And by Easter, you know, when April rolls around, we'll be singing a chorus of happy days are here again. The virus is gone and, and the danger's over and we get back with our lives. Well, as you know, and I know that didn't work out that way. As you and I now know, I think this event was planned long before the first virus was detected in China. In fact, some of the things that I already was beginning to piece together in March of 2020, things that we already knew inside of the emergency management community at that time, people were already denying it. But we already were hearing that this came out of a lab in Wuhan. And yet the official line coming out of Washington is, no, it came from a bat in some other province and it ended up at some meat market in Wuhan. And there it contaminated somebody with these live bats and and the rest is history. Yet even my internal memos going into April we're still talking about the lab in China and the debate among emergency management and insiders was, was it accidental or was it intentional? To this day, I still can't answer that question with any documentation. I've got my opinions. I'm sure you do too. Dr. Anthony Fauci suddenly became America's doctor on TV. You see him every day in the briefings from the White House with with President Trump and and his leader on the coronavirus task force, Vice President Mike Pence. And then you had uh, this Burks gal that wore the scarves. And and we, we all remember this. Part of my job every afternoon was to watch that entire conference make notes, and see if there's anything we need to glean for the work that we're doing in in our county. I can remember during the 15 days to flatten the curve. you got to remember, we weren't talking publicly about certain numbers. We weren't telling the county we're in to expect 3,000 people in body bags in a matter of a few months. We didn't say a word about that. But we certainly planned for it. Let me say that again. We absolutely planned for it. I can remember dealing with the hospital administrator as we're telling him he's going to have to get rid of all elective surgeries because that's the word that's going to be coming out of Washington and the state capitol was going to be reiterating that same message. We were preparing for Armageddon. I can remember contacting a large grocery store chain to see how many of their spare or old refrigerated trucks we could lease. And you can understand why I'm leasing them. 
We were looking for temporary mortuary space to have a temporary morgue. We needed plenty of these vehicles. I'm renting generators to keep these refrigerated trucks operable and hiding them out in the countryside where they're out of view. Didn't want to have more than one in a location. And so they were spread out. We also worked with with a university that had a nursing school to convert their floors of training space into real nursing space. Tractor, trailer after tractor, trailer dropping off supplies. We were prepared for this onslaught, probably more than most counties of which I was aware. And I did all of that work in good faith based on the information I was given in deep concern for my fellow man. But as the month of March slipped away and we started moving into April, something began to resonate inside of me, deep in my heart, deep in my soul. I started feeling there's something wrong. Something is just not right. And I mentioned this the other day, and I want to mention this very clearly again now so it really registers with you. Now, I know I'm talking about this a little longer than I planned, and I'm going to wrap it up in just a few minutes because we're going to move on and understand what the next battles are going to be. Remember, the COVID battle is going to be over soon. I believe firmly, as I've said it since December, God is pulling back the veil. The light of truth is going to be exposed. But don't think the war is over. We may win a battle, but the war is not over. There'll be something else on the horizon. I just want you to stop and think, go back in your own mind with me to where we were two years ago and how fast things changed, how we all cooperated, and how the systematic lying began. Because, see, that's something that I came to understand by the time we got into April of 2020, there was something wrong. Now, I mentioned this a couple of days ago. Maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't, but I'll share it again. Part of my job, besides all this planning for mortuary space, nursing space, place to put sick people, you know, infected people that are contagious, getting PPE, personal protection stuff. I mean, this is all we are working on for days. And I remember... One day I'm at the house, I should say not the house, the hotel room I'm staying in, and I'm doing some research, getting ready to put together a press release, uh, trying to come up with the protocols. If somebody thinks they have COVID and they, they need to get tested and they need to do this, and I'm trying to put all this stuff together, so I'm doing a little bit of research, and I'm doing my research at the Center for Disease Control website. And I just typed in a couple of things into the little search box and a bunch of old PDF articles appeared. I didn't even notice how old they were. And one was, you know, uh, understanding SARS-CoV, S-A-R-S-C-O-V. 
COV. SARS-CoV. So I pull up this article and I start reading it. I didn't even notice the date of the article, as I mentioned the other day. And it's saying there are, we have learned there are effective therapeutics. And I'm going, man, we've learned a lot in just a few months, haven't we? Then I looked at the date. The date of the article was 2005. 2005, I thought this was a novel coronavirus. That's what we were all being told. This is novel. This is new. Never seen before by the eyes of man. So I started reading. And I don't remember, but apparently in 2003 and 2004, there was a SARS-CoV outbreak that killed 35,000 Americans. I never heard that. At least 35,000. And many in China, and, and this, by the way, came from China too. And they were talking about how it was moderately infectious, but it was very deadly. And they had discovered some protocols that were very effective. One including zinc and hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D and vitamin C, and a couple of other little things in the regimen. In other words, about $10 worth of medication, and you could cure somebody of SARS-CoV. And I'm thinking, okay. Then, Then a few days later... I'm watching the television, and and the president of the United States, Donald Trump, makes the same claim. He said, "Well, you know, there's an effective treatment for SARS-CoV that we have that I've been finding is out there." He found the same thing that I found on the CDC website. He starts touting hydroxychloroquine. Look how fast the media turned on that. Look how fast Fauci put together fraudulent studies to say it's ineffective and can kill you. And I've read those studies, you know, giving doses is 10, 20 times recommended. And giving it when people are literally on a ventilator to prove that it doesn't work. There was panic in River City about this. We cannot have a cure for SARS-CoV. It's not, it's not time to cure it yet. We've got Operation Warp Speed and vaccines on the way, which at that time, Fauci was saying, oh, it'll take two or three years plus years of studies before you get a vaccine. Don't count on it. And then magically after the election, we're told there is one. You know, all of this didn't make any sense. So much of it began to start hurting my head. Only way to put it. Something smelled rotten in Denmark. And it was worse than bad cheese. And I realized then, as we got into the month of April, suddenly what the CDC once said they are now denying. And you could already see the beginnings of the tensions between Dr. Fauci and the president and others. As Fauci is running off to friendly places like CNN and MSNBC, more than anybody that would ask him serious questions. We're seeing governors, especially in the blue states or rhino states, shutting everything down, telling churches you can't meet. The Zoom church began, the Zoom meetings, Zoom classrooms, all of it came into being. 
because we're fearing three million dead by summer that never happened. But the media has done an incredibly good job. The propaganda artists have done an incredibly wonderful job of convincing you this is the deadliest virus that ever has gone across the face of the earth since the bubonic plague. Nothing like it. And yet, I I look at the research that I've been through over and over again. When it comes to media like CNN, they're phonies, they're frauds, they're fakes, they're bought out, they're political. They have no truth in them any longer. They're an agent. They're an agent of deception. Like the FDA, the Federal Deception Agency, Food and Death Administration, whatever you want to call it. CDC, funded by the pharmaceutical companies primarily, like the FDA is. They don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. How often do they really go after anybody unless it's so egregious that you can't hide it? And I started learning a lot more during that month of April. The deeper I dug, the deeper I looked in. And then we had the situation in Minneapolis that exploded across the country, that gave us the riots and the burnings of all that entire summer. What a year 2020 was. Between the pandemic, the riots, the politics, the election, all of it. All of it. And now we have the aftermath. I'm not going to go into all the detail. We are, we are in the closing days of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether, you, whether the media wants to admit it or not, you heard it from me in December, and I'm going to remind you again, I, I reminded you in January and now, We are in the closing days of COVID because this is one, this is one narrative that's going to be getting increasingly impossible to maintain. I was looking at an article the other day. Gee, will we ever hit the one millionth death in the United States? We're, we're pushing 900,000 now. So-called people that died of the virus. And you got people running around in grocery stores still wearing their face diapering, believing to themselves that I put on my magic mask and the coronavirus will never touch me. I see people driving in their cars wearing their face mask. And I realize the the damage to the mental health of the people in the Western world, in the United States, is immense. It may take a decade or more, a decade or more to to overcome. Now, here is something you may never have read or heard before, but this came out of a school board meeting last week in Sitka, Alaska. In Sitka, Alaska. And there in Sitka, Alaska, students are currently required to wear a mask for the entire school day, except to eat, of course. You can't shove food through a mask. Uh, maybe you can, or they'll, if they think that, don't get me started. 
But I saw this this story. And and this is something that was shared at a school board meeting by a guy by the name of Brett Wilcox, who said, we are going to hold you responsible for damaging our children with unscientific COVID mitigation strategies, including the worthless and dangerous practice of masking our children. Now, we've covered this topic dozens of times here on this program, literally dozens of times. A mask does not work for a virus. Bacteria, yes, but a virus, no. Those are simply the facts. Study after study after study, even John Hopkins University is now recognizing that lockdowns and face masks really didn't accomplish anything. So here we go. In August of 2021, this school board was emailed mask-related references for research spanning over decades. This is the Sitka Board of Education, you know, board. And all these research documents have the same identical conclusion. Masks do not work against a virus. So, we hold this school board responsible for all damage caused by the continued enforcement of your anti-scientific mask policy. Think about all the idiotic mask policies all over the United States put out by literal mental midget reprobate governors. Little dictators. School board, same thing. We hold you responsible for the lifelong psychological trauma that you have caused by teaching young people that human breath is now dangerous. We hold you responsible for the increased rates of anxiety, depression, suicide, OCD, fear, anger, shame, and the hatred that you are playing out in some children's lives as a direct result of your idiotic, unscientific mask mandate. We hold you, school board, responsible for the developmental delays we now know are caused by your mask mandate, including language acquisition, spoken language clarity, facial muscle development caused by decreased and hampered speech, and the reduced ability to recognize and respond to facial cues. The masking of children has resulted and will result in several known and probably some we don't even know about yet medical consequences, including but not limited to the following. Decreased, will have brain damage caused by excessive carbon dioxide and decreased oxygen levels in the blood. Decreased oral hygiene, increased dental uh, cares caused by mask mouth viral and bacterial illnesses caused by the rebreathing of waste collected on mask especially in very young children illnesses caused by the inhalation of some of the carcinogenic materials on some of these masks that are made in china you know the two for a dollar at walmart Impaired immune systems rendering children more susceptible to a wide range of illness. We will hold you responsible 
for these medical issues. We will hold you responsible for fostering an environment in which misinformed teachers are emboldened and empowered to bully, harass, abuse, punish, and grade children based on nonsensical mass compliance issues. Shared the other day. This, this clown in North Carolina in Wake County, Woke County, wanting to start having two-year-olds wear a mask so they're ready to wear one all the time by the time they get to kindergarten. It's all about compliance and shaming. It has nothing to do with science. It's all politics. This guy continues, we will hold you responsible for teaching children that most adults can't be trusted, for fostering an environment where informed students are afraid to speak the truth. We will hold you responsible for not assuming responsibility, for passing the buck, for blaming the former superintendent, the assembly, the smarts, the start teams and medical authorities and public health officials and whatever. Finally, your School board COVID mitigation strategies, including all the masking of children, have resulted in measurable decreased and delayed academic performance. For many children, these delays will result in lifelong ramifications affecting every aspect of their lives. In this point, you have failed individually and collectively in your duties as a school board. You have failed our students. If you have any hope of redeeming yourselves morally and professionally, you will remove masks from the faces of our children, remove the shackles from their mind caused by your ill-conceived and illogical and politically motivated mask policy. You will apologize for the harm you have caused. You will apologize for passing the buck. You will apologize for not taking responsibility. You will, to the best of your ability, make amends for your egregious error in judgment and your lack of character. If you fail to make things right, we will stand as witnesses against you because you are responsible these are the things that I started to see by the time April had come around in 2020 that something is wrong. The narrative is not substantiated by any facts. Doctors that were successful in treating the virus were being suppressed. And we were told we'll have to wait for a vaccine that may never come. This is 2020. And I realized in April... As we got toward the end of that month, I continued in my job. But every night I'd go to bed and I felt increasingly uncomfortable. And finally I knew in the first week of May, right as the you know beginning of the kind of the end of the first week of May, I went to my friend, my former associate, and I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. And he goes, When? I'm leaving in the morning. I'm heading home. I'm heading home to take care of my family, my wife, and decide what to do next. But I cannot keep up with this facade, this fakery, this political nonsense any longer. 
Look, I already knew when it came to the death count, you know, the death count, how manipulated that was. Just in the county that I worked at, I saw how many people had actually died. And I saw information you don't. How old they were, and were there any other conditions that could contribute to death? I can remember as we waited for the first corona death in that county, 86-year-old man had had COPD for over 30 years, heavy smoker, heavy drinker, lived alone, had been in and out of the hospital about four times in less than a year. And he was their first COVID death. And that's supposed to scare the community into masking up and all this other nonsense that followed. We were supposed to have 3,000 dead by summer. It was allegedly about 45. Wow. 45 people. And the majority over the age of 85. And other conditions. And yet... The fear was alive on CNN. The fear was always alive on MSNBC. You're going to die. Stay at home. Wear your mask. Wear a hazmat suit. Don't touch anybody. Stop being a human being. Be afraid. Very afraid. And continue to watch us for more information. Do you see what I began to see? I know most of you already did. We come back on the other side. We're going to totally change gears and it's going to be what do we plan for next because i got news for you the coronavirus is becoming an endemic all over the world one by one governments that were ready to clamp down with vaccine passports are realizing they better back off or they're going to have civil war in their hands the media may not show it but when thousands upon thousands riot in France and all over the, all over Europe, the media won't show it in Canada. But I guarantee you, Justin Trudeau is scared to death. In New Zealand, you know, their leader, she decides to pull a Justin Trudeau stunt. Oh, I got COVID too. I got to go into hiding as people are protesting. The jig is up, as they say. They can't keep up the lie any longer. And what we'll have to do is refocus on the other side of what's coming next. If you believe in the work that we're doing, would you consider helping us pay for the airtime? I'll be telling you a lot more on the other side about where this ministry is going and what God has just has really laid on my heart. But if you can help us out, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address for Truth to Ponder is 5753. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248 in Crestview. Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Surrounded in Nigeria, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I was in Nigeria in a car. We had a flat tire. It was nighttime. My driver left me in the car alone to get help. I was surrounded by a crowd of Nigerians. Young men, looks like a gang. One of them says, you're a Hebrew? I ask, why do you ask this? Well, you look like a Hebrew. 
I said, I am. I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. So they said, well, we're Muslims. What do you think of Muhammad? Now I'm in Nigeria at night, a Jewish believer in Jesus surrounded by Muslim men. And I need to tell them what I think of Muhammad. And I'm thinking, this is how my life is going to end, killed because of a flat tire. I'm not asking God, what do I say? Well, I said, Muhammad said that Jesus was the Messiah. Islam actually says Jesus is coming back to reign over the world. So if that's the case, and you have to accept that, he's coming back to reign, you better get right with Jesus. And you better listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus says, you must be born again. And I spoke about Israel coming back in the world and all that stuff. I said, he's coming back. And you know what? I expected that to be my last sermon, but to my surprise, it wasn't. They listened. And before I left, the leader said to me, pray for us. And they all bowed their heads. And I prayed that they come to the knowledge of salvation and become born again. Now, I could have prejudged them because pretty much at the beginning, I did prejudge them as being close to the gospel. They're a crowd of Muslim men in Nigeria. I'm a Jew who believes in Jesus. I could have just gone with that and just held back and hoped to stay alive. But I wouldn't then see their openness. It's easy to write off people as hopeless or judge them. But if you do that, you're, you won't share with them. And how can they come if they don't hear? Don't give up. Don't write them off. Don't lose hope. Keep praying. Keep loving. Keep sharing. Don't lose hope at all. Messiah's your hope and he's their hope too. Listen, in Messiah, even the hopeless have hope. Share the word. Want more? Ask for the Nigerian miracle. Now, how'd you like to be able to do miracles in God? Well, you can with Sapphire's the super spiritual supplement for a super life with God. Plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. Your gift. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now you might need to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation to the Jewish people and really people from every tongue and tribe, countless people. How? Imagine blanketing the earth with salvation. You can through shortwave radio. We do it every week. It's a miracle. You can be part. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you will be part. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. It's right to the nice Jewish boy. Box 1111, Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, share the word, Shalom Alechem, peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Tikvat Olam, the hope of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I really didn't expect to go quite as long as I did in that first segment. I know it shortens this segment. But for those that have not heard the story before, I wanted you to hear how this entire radio program came into being. After that almost three months of time working in emergency management seeing behind the scenes the news, what's going on the real story I was already seeing there's a narrative out there that's not necessarily the truth and I no longer in good conscience could participate, I decided I'm done, couldn't do it I called my wife up and I said I'm coming home And from there we decided, because we really didn't know what's going on, it's still a lot of information that's conflicting out there. You know, we ended up back in our Georgia home in May and stayed there. And all that summer, I'm, I'm researching, I'm praying, I'm thinking about ministry, I'm thinking about, God, what do you want me to do? 
I suddenly felt the need to, quote, do something. And I started thinking about, maybe I'll do a little podcast. You know, I wasn't thinking in terms of radio at that point. I had the weekend radio show. I thought I'd keep it up. And I thought, maybe maybe I'll just set up a little studio in my little office and get a little video camera on me. And I'll, I'll put together like a five or six minute little little video chat from my office look at some of the news for the day in the light of God's word and try to bring hope during this really fearful time and I started thinking about this is probably in June maybe I'll come up with a name for this program I even had a green screen set up behind me so I could use my little video camera that came with my computer to do a little tiny devotional thing And the name came to me, Truth to Ponder. Truth to Ponder. And so I started praying about it, contacted a friend of mine who is that wonderful voice you hear. This is Truth to Ponder. You've heard that with Bob Bierman. You hear that voice. He's a wonderful radio announcer friend of mine, and he did it for free. And I said, I'm going to put together this little video thing. And I need to have like a little opening. And, you know, he he came up with that and and sent it up to me very quickly. And I I was going to do it. I started thinking about the podcast. And and now we're probably getting into the month of August. I mean, time's going by and I'm just not feeling the urge to do, quote, a video. And I thought of some great places I could do one outdoors, even up in the mountains and share, you know, from that serenity and that wonderful background, God's word and and that peace. But I never was comfortable with that. And then uh, I'll, I'll just say this without going into a whole lot of detail. Here's the Reader's Digest 30-second version. A friend that I hadn't talked to in quite a long time happened to reach out to me saying, Bob, my buddy, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. How are you? And we talked a little bit. And he said, so what's God laying on your heart? I said, how did you know? He said, I just knew. And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing this video thing, but I'm not comfortable. I'm more comfortable doing radio. And he goes, Bob, you need to do it every day. I'm going, every day, five days a week. You know how much work that is to do to do a one-hour program in the preparation, the editing, and the distribution? And, and where would I air it? And he said, where would you want to air it? I said, well, if I had my way, it would be on short way, but I can't afford it. He said, Bob, I'm going to write you a check. He said, I hope this is enough to get you started. He mailed it to me, and it was. And on that first Monday, the 31st of August, Truth to Ponder began on WRMI radio and then eventually other locations. And it's a podcast. And I knew I only had a short window of time before the bills would come due and I'd be running out of money. I'm retired. I'm not wealthy. And that's where you have come in since the time we got to literally the first part of October. You've been able to help me and keep this thing alive. Now, we're coming into another time. You know, we we spent probably too much time 
and we'll still spend some. We're going to start moving away next week, away from all you know, vi- all virus all the time. We, I've got to move on. We will bring you the biggest stories and the biggest lies, but I don't need to be dwelling on this every day. There's plenty, you know. My wife said, and, I, and don't I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm bragging on God. Okay. We started talking around Thanksgiving time. This past year. And my wife said, when is it going to end? And I said, when it's time for it to end. And I started feeling this nudging. Call it the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Call it, you know, that little voice saying, this too will pass. It's time will come and go. And, and I realized, in end of November, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure i mean i wouldn't tell you when maybe it's another year i don't know but i knew that the the beginning of the end was at hand i even had that line on one of my shows from uh from winston churchill is this the beginning of the end the end of the beginning you know i I just felt we are suddenly at this point now i didn't know how much longer this is going to go on remember we're already you know coming on to two years but i i didn't think it would go three and I, I remember being in bed one night and I woke up suddenly and I remember there was this bright light in this dream and people running, running away from the light. You know, evil loves the darkness. They hate light. And all those that were perpetuating this this pandemic tilting the numbers, skewing the data, lying about these vaccines work that don't. And I, I have this sudden feeling that God is going to take this powerful spotlight. He's going to pull the curtain back and then he's going to fire that light up. And we're going to see, listen, I already believe that many governments are trying to get ahead. They're already beginning to see the crumbling of the narrative before their very eyes, no matter how hard they work. And they're still working hard, trust me. They'll never stay ahead of it, and they know it. They know the time is is coming when it's all going to be exposed for the world to see. And if they don't get ahead of it now, if they don't get ahead of it, they're going to be consumed by it. They're going to be drawn into that fire. And that's where we are today. If you had to ask me about six weeks ago, would France ever consider backing off on some of their mandates? I would say, don't see it happening, but I see it happening now. I bet it'll crumble in Austria and Germany as well. Because they can't keep this lie afloat any longer. The data that is now pouring out of Israel and other parts of the world where the heavily vaccinated are, shows the vaccines have been an absolute total failure. They don't last a lifetime. They don't last even a month or two. And continued booster is destroying people's immune systems. It is coming out. Data is coming out every day that proves it. And do you want to be the guy at the top of this pyramid when it all falls apart 
and you're the guy saying, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. We're going to take away your rights if we don't get the vaccine. Are you going to want to be a Justin Trudeau, a little coward, hiding and pretending he's got COVID? Yeah, I just said it. I'm accusing him of lying about having COVID. I really don't think that he does. I, that is the leader of New Zealand, they're cowards. And they have to rethink this out now. They weren't planning on some kind of a big protest. And they weren't, they were, they were hoping that they could control. It's like Justin Trudeau says, we give 600 you know, million dollars to CBC. Of course, they're going to do what we say. Yet other media is getting the word out. The mainstream media hold on information is dying. It's collapsing. It's crumbling. CNN's ratings are down the tank. I'll just put it that way politely. Just to add a flushing sound. MSNBC. They've lost like 80 or 90% of their core audience in a year. In one year. All the networks are seeing a decline. But you know what the reality is? Even and Look, even some of the conservative networks that I will look at and watch, or so-called conservative, even they are tainted by money. You know, I've shared with you a, a dozen times already, Sponsored by Pfizer, sponsored by GlaxoKleinSmith, sponsored by all these pharmaceuticals, they're not going to come after them. They're going to treat them with kit gloves and be very, you know, keep, a, but they'll say a lot, but they're going to be very careful. So the news will always be tainted by the money. You know it and I know it. It's one of the reasons I've considered a dozen times should I have a commercial break in this program I'm just not inclined to do it right now and if I did ever decide to do it to help cover the cost of podcasting and some needed equipment man I'll be selective on what would be allowed because I don't want to be holden to anybody financially for the content of this program From day one, I have never felt any being compelled in any shape, manner, or form from any radio station or nothing about the content of this program. And that is not going to change. If God lays it upon my heart, I'm going to share it with you. Do you understand what I'm telling you? And even if I did make this time available to promote things in your interest, that's different. I'm not trying to make a living at this. This is never the intent. I'm trying to build a platform because, look, the narrative is about to collapse. And and I'm not bragging, but this program and many others that I'm aware of, we were ahead of the curve. We were way ahead of anybody else. And we didn't jump into nonsense that never came true. I can think of a dozen websites that I I look at from time to time that made bizarre predictions all of which never came true and never will. But they keep pumping out more fear. And my Bible says, fear not. They're selling you a diet of fear. So is Fauci. Fauci is fear-mongering. CNN is fear-mongering. Governors that want to repress you are fear-mongering. 
little Justin Trudeau, fear-mongering. All of these little dictators are using fear. Hitler used fear to divide people against themselves. I walk into grocery stores, people that are adults that should know better, still wearing a face diaper, falsely believing that I am now bulletproof with my magic mask from Corona. The psychological damage is there from the war. And just like PSD, a lot of people are going to have a hard time taking off their mask. They're not going to know what to think. They're not going to know what to do because they're so used to being told what to do. They rely on every word that proceedeth from the mouth of Fauci instead of what proceeds from the mouth of God. So where are we? Where does that leave this program? The name of the program is not virus to ponder. It's called truth to ponder. And there's a lot of other truth we need to be getting into. Look, the church got sidelined for almost two years. Many are just coming back now. Some will never come back. And there's some that went out of business that I'm glad they did and will never come back. You know, the Bible has so much to say on so many topics, and we just don't spend enough time in God's Word. This pandemic is going to come to a close. For me, I will still give you news about failing vaccines and the changing landscape, the lies, the fraud. There's been a lot of that, a lot of money, a lot of crooked behavior. I've even seen, you know, elections stolen. Yeah, I'll I'll be talking about there's some more things coming out of Georgia that proves what we've been saying all along, in spite of what they try to tell you. We need to begin to prepare for the next crisis. The church was caught off guard. Many people were caught off guard. What is our plan going forward? You know, if you were on Twitter and Facebook and you started telling the truth, you got kicked off. I mentioned the other day, You know, when I put the podcast out, you may hear a commercial. I don't get a penny from that. I mean, I place it at two locations that I pay for. Then they distribute it to many other platforms. Some of those platforms, like Spotify, are sending me warnings about what content is going to be allowed or not allowed. I'm talking about COVID-19. I'm sure their system's going to spot it and it's going to tag it and, and put a warning label on it just like Facebook does, and others, we have to have our own ability to communicate. We can no longer be allowed to have have a filter put on us by Satan himself. And these satanic groups that I consider Facebook, its leader, he worries me. The metaverse, we're going to be living in a fake universe with goggles and headphones and pretending we're at work when we're really walking around in our underwear at home. What kind of a sick world do they want us to live in? And how many people will die of these phony vaccines that they want to cover up? Look, there's a lot in this, and and I try to keep up with the moving parts. It's kind of hard. I know a lot of you have some theories, some of which I thoroughly disagree with, based upon, well, let's just put it this way, real science and knowledge about certain things that are in my purview. But put that aside, there's a lot, there's enough stuff that we can all easily understand that we should be deeply worried about when it comes to us that are people of faith. 
Let's look at the second epistle of Peter, chapter 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall evil be spoken of. And through covetousness shall they chastise you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. We are in a spiritual battle. This is not a battle of flesh against Fauci. This is not a battle against the leader of Moderna or Pfizer. Those things will come out. But there is a real honest to goodness. Let's be honest about this. I want you to think about this for a moment. There is a true spiritual battle being waged right now. The United States is on a precipice. We've hit that crossroad, and I think we're about to journey down the wrong path. You can choose to journey down that path with them, or you can choose to go on a different path like Christians have had to do since the beginning of the faith on the day of Pentecost. We can no longer trust the government to educate our children. We can no longer trust our government to even tell us the truth, even about war, about anything anymore. They're liars. Their heart has been deceived. They've sold out. It's time for this program to expose them. Are you beginning to connect the dots? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of publications, websites, even some of these radio broadcasts and podcasts. They're going to be all over the, the, the closing days of the virus. And we'll, we'll chronicle its demise as well. It is becoming an endemic. And it's kind of like the death throes right now we're seeing of those trying to hold on just a little bit longer. But you want to know something? They're going to move on, and they're going to move on sooner than you think. This website needs to be rebuilt for Truth to Ponder, and I am now convinced it needs to have a news site attached or this just be replaced by one. I don't know. Pray about it. If you believe in the work that we're doing, oh, I'll be talking a lot more about this tomorrow and Monday. If you believe in the work that we're doing, would you consider supporting us financially to help pay the airtime bill? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The address is 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.